Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing fire takes and analysis on sports topics. We have some guests providing their thoughts across the sport landscape. No narratives here. Straight talk. No chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Yeah, yeah, man. I got a hot one, a banger, man. We at episode number 30. Man, I feel like Ric Flair out here, man. Want to say a woo, man. Real, real out here, man. Got another hot episode coming up, man. We going to break down. NFL, man. We obviously got the big story out there, man, with uh, Brian Flores with a class action lawsuit against the National Football League for unfair hiring practices against the Miami Dolphins. It also has a class action suit against all 32 NFL teams. And man, this story called Fire. So we definitely gonna get into that, man. I got my NFL correspondent coming through, man. Dolphin correspondent. Steve in the building, man. We're going to break down that whole Brian Flores situation. And man, before I forget, and it's like, how? How can I forget the retirement, man, of the great Tom Brady, man? Seven-time Super Bowl champion. You know, six-round draft pick out of the University of Michigan. Came into the NFL, man. Paid his dues. Back up to Drew Bledsoe with the Patriots. Real hardcore football fans remember that game against the New York Jets because I remember it. With Bledsoe going to the sideline and getting teed off by Mo Lewis. Knocked Bledsoe out. Brady comes in. So, start of a legacy, man. So, man, we definitely want to send our congratulations out to Tom Brady, man. All the Tom Brady fans out there, man. His family and everything, man. You had a good one, bro. 44 years old out here doing it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the OGs like me, man, you represented to the hard, to the core, man. So, great career. Also, too, man, I got my NBA correspondent coming through, man. Shad, man. You know, OG of the show, man. My partner in crime. We're going to break down the NBA, man, and what's cracking across the NBA. We'll talk a little bit about young bulls out there and also, too, what we see out there in the landscape, all-star situations. So, man... We got a banger. Sit back. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up. My conversation with Steve as we break down the National Football League and all what's going on leading into the Super Bowl. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, if you all have heard, man, in the National Football League, we got the Super Bowl jumping off. 
and we had the retirement of the great Tom Brady. And man, we got a big, big story, man, that's floating out here. Those who haven't heard, which I'm surprised if you haven't, we got the situation down in Miami with the Miami Dolphins and Mr. Brian Flores, formerly head coach of the Miami Dolphins, suing the National Football League, including the Miami Dolphins, in a racial discrimination hiring process situation. And you know, y'all know I had to bring my Dolphin correspondent, NFL correspondent, through to get some insight on the situation. I got my man Steve in the building. What's going on, sir? What's going on, Mr. Man, man, it's a situation, man, that's, man, burning up the press. Not only across the National Football League, but, you know, across all other sectors. I've seen this story on all shows uh, since this news is broken. And, man, man. First, I want to get your thoughts, man. Initially, uh, what you think of think think about the situation? Well, you know, there's two sides of this story. First, there's the the league-wide lack of the league-wide hiring practices and the lack of hiring of black coaches. The way the league goes about doing it, making a total mockery of the Rooney Rule. Um, and just you know, getting guys in just to fill a quota and having no intention to hire. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the Stephen Ross and the Dolphin aspect of it, which is a, somewhat of a wrongful termination, uh, along with, you know, bribery, really, which, which you know, is a criminal offense, and tied into that. Now, Brian Flores could have basically sued the league for their hiring practices and not even include the Dolphins into the, all of this. But he wanted to really stick to Steve Ross. He wanted to stick to the Dolphins. He wanted to bring in, uh, you know, pull the rug out from underneath him and open the door and let people see all the dirty mess that's inside that organization and everything that's going on. Um, ironically enough, a whole bunch of other coaches come out to Woodward saying you know, they were paid for these games too. Uh, yeah, so this might be common practice, but uh, just the fact that you know he felt that he was wrongfully so he came out and he really took this job seriously. He took it, and, and, and I understand where he's coming from. He, he won. He had a winning record back-to-back season, winning record, and the one season he didn't have a winning record. You know they were. Uh, they're basically a, a, a gut organization, and all, they had no players in there. Uh, they're picking up guys off the street, and he still made you know chicken soup out of chicken. You know what? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, one point is interesting in that. You know, I want to be transparent, obviously, you know, to the listeners, and I definitely appreciate all the love and support and feedback. And I'm gonna be transparent with you guys here is that on our last episode, I actually did a tape on the National Football League, how many coaches that are currently in the National Football League, which is one, which is Mike Tomlin. And I had a heated point of view about it, but it actually got cut at the cutting room floor. So I'm definitely going to include, say, that particular tape, but... What was interesting, what you said, and kind of what I mentioned in regards to the take that I made, was 
this is standard practice in the National Football League. And it's, you know, on the surface, it's a race issue, but at the core, it's a labor issue. And that's where I believe this situation has some legs. You know, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, well, you know, you're not going to win. Hey, it's a class action suit if he gets coaches, as you mentioned, to join along and they have some kind of electronical or practical evidence in regards to these allegations. We all know the NFL don't want to go down that road. We all know that. No, and, and, and here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, this goes on in everyday businesses all, all across America. I mean, we, we, in this country, we like to think that, you know, it, it's a meritocracy and it's the best man who's got the man. You know, if you're more qualified than the next guy at the job. That's not always the case. In many of instances, it's not the case at all. It's really about... You know, whether somebody likes you and somebody doesn't, and or if somebody feels comfortable with you or somebody doesn't. Now, you're more likely to feel comfortable with somebody who shares similar background with you. Right? Exactly. Exactly. 32 owners who are, for the most part, Caucasian males. They're going to feel comfortable with people who come from similar backgrounds as them. And those are going to be the people that they're going to lean towards in the interview room. Now, they're going to say, yeah, it's the NFL and everybody's talented. I mean, you're coaching in the league. You, to some degree, you have some skill and some talent and ability. Um, but it's going to be something other than that that they're going to lean on. And a lot of times, you know, without them feeling comfortable with somebody's background, some with some Brad Flores grew up in what, East New York in Brooklyn area. Yeah, Brownsville. Yeah, put it put it put it out there, Brownsville. Brownsville, there you go. Brownsville. East New York Brownsville, same thing. Uh they they they, you know, he, he grew up in a rough setting, overcame a lot of adversity. Um but you know, that might be you know, something somebody views as great and, you know, shows good character and this, this, and the third. But at the end of the day, a lot of people aren't going to look deep into the man that is part of They're going to see skin deep. They're going to be like, this guy doesn't look like him. And he comes from a background that, you know, is rough in the neighborhood that I would, I, I, I barely drive through. I would never, you, you wouldn't catch me dead driving through. I can't relate to this guy on any level, regardless of, uh, you know how, how qualified and skilled he is. Some people are going to see that way, and a lot of coaches going to see. To his credit, the, the, the Dolphins did hire Brian Flores. They took a fire. I'm not saying Steve Ross is racist or anything by any means. They hired Brian Flores. They they gave him an opportunity. In fact, the general manager is African American. They've done their part, but a lot of the league isn't that way. A lot of the league just you know they look at. Skin color. I mean, you look at the Giants. I, I don't think Brian Flores ever had a shot at the Giants. Last year, they, a couple years ago, they, they hired Joe Judge, who had zero experience. Exactly. He was a special teams guy. And, you know, they passed up on Eric Bieniemy. They passed up on uh, Byron Leftwich. They passed on a lot of African American coaches who, who were more qualified than Joe Judge. Who was, you know, Joe Judge coaching special teams and was way over his head when he took the job. That's why they fired him two, weeks, two years in. They, they realized he was way over his head, but in the interview room, he felt comfortable. Exactly. And that's a great point that you made. And that's why I think that this situation has a lot of tentacles to it. 
because to me where the where Flores's lawsuit has credibility in is the the unethical business practice in a sense of in, in relation to labor meaning that you know we'll put it out there it was well reported that he offered him one hundred thousand dollars in order to lose games now we all know that teams they've been tanking since tanking was invented I mean, we're not going to be naive here. We all know that that goes on. But here's where the issue is with Stephen Ross. If that can be proven, then that's where the issue becomes. Because then, at that point, to me, it's obviously we understand that all the owners are lined up in the National Football League. But say, and I'll be hypothetical for a moment, if this lawsuit would go into discovery, which the NFL, we all know that is the last thing they want the last thing that they want for discovery to come up in this case which records get pulled you know you try to you know obviously sequester some further evidence and that's why I think this this lawsuit may have some legs to it is whether or not Brian Flores can prove these allegations yeah I mean he's, he, he, he feels comfortable he can I don't think he would throw his I mean because I think the whole hiring practice um, thing it's him suing the NFL for that portion of it I don't think that gets him blackballed in the league more than the fact that he's basically ratting out Stephen Ross as the dirt that's even I think that yeah. probably what most owners will probably fear more so yeah. than anything yeah and that's the point I'm making like yeah now yeah. about the, like, hey we need you know the nature of it of we need more black coaching as you know, with billionaires, it's all about, hey, what can we salvage as far as, uh, you know, reputation? And so if this comes out and this can be proven, whether it's him, whether it's, you know, Hugh Jackson uh, with uh, Hazlitt up at the Browns. And we all know Hazlitt has had, I'm not going to say a shaky track record, but all those who are familiar with Mr. Jimmy Hazlitt can definitely Google him and to, to the different uh, lawsuits that he's had outside the National Football League and other business oh, ventures. Yeah, exactly, and other business ventures. But you know, we'll keep it G. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. Uh, keep it at, at a uh, sporting level. But definitely, you know, he's a guy that's had you know uh, some several instances of shady business per se in the in the past. So. Yeah, this is definitely a situation, man, that has many layers to it. You know, it's going to be a while before the uh, NFL, you know, or, or this situation gets figured out. But man, this is a, a bombshell at the at the least. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting how play. I think it'll probably settle. But, you know, exactly. Figuring out whether or not Brian Flores ever gets a job again. I think he'll be a great college coach. I don't see him uh, being in the NFL. Uh, I just see, you know, in this hiring cycle, before this, this news came out, I thought he should have been hired for a bunch of jobs. I thought a lot of people thought he was the favorite for a lot of jobs. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just hearing from Houston, you know, I heard a few other uh, uh, spots, you know, New Orleans was another spot that, you know, quote unquote, he was a finalist for. So, you know, I think that at the end of the day, as you mentioned, it's a familiarity thing as far as, hey, are you going to put the few, you know, put them to the fire as far as the NFL owners to hire more black coaches? But to me, the nature of this is like more so a labor issue. That, as I mentioned, if he's able to prove these allegations against Stephen Ross, 
Yeah, that goes down a whole another avenue outside of well, hey, yeah, there's gonna be a couple black coaches uh, hired. Yeah, of course, it's a self-team. Um, you know, you, you can't have one of the owners just basically compromising the integrity of the sport. Um, you know, they'll 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 say Stephen Ross. You know, they'll make a scapegoat out of him. You know, it's one of those things where you know. Uh, everybody's doing it, but you got caught, so you got to sell it. Oh, I, oh absolutely. And that's what, to me, as you hit it right on the head, that is the biggest thing that NFL fears, especially not only with Stephen Ross, but also, too, if they can prove anything, say, with Hazlitt. And I'm not, not sure if you heard the breaking, you know, the updated news with Hugh Jackson. He got $750,000 per, per, per Hugh Jackson. So, yeah, man. The NFL, you know, to quote the great uh, Ricky Ricardo, they got some explaining to do. <laughs> no doubt about that, man. But once again, man, we definitely appreciate, man, you falling through. I had to get your take in this whole situation. We definitely going to connect, gang, as this uh, situation unfolds even more. Obviously, you know, we got the Super Bowl coming up. We definitely going to dig into that and more into depth. But I definitely had to get your take, man, on this whole uh, Brian Flores situation, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, you know, Dolphin fan, man. We can't get we can't hit the break. Flores, I thought was the best coach we had in a while, and uh, you know, and now I kind of wish he tanked though. But, I mean, if we could have uh, you know, Joe Burrow, <laughs> he really had to. I mean, that was the reason that Brian Flores got fired. I mean, let's just put it. We 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 can put that out there. You know, no, what I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you look absolutely. at the you know those who follow the National Football League. Yeah, understands of you know who was up in the draft. Understands that you know it was at a point where Joe Burrow had separated themselves from the rest of the quarterbacks in that class, and that he definitely was in the crosshairs of Stephen Ross, and that kind of went left. But we're not even going to get. We, go ahead. But 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 here's Brian Brian Flores' frustration too, because Brian Flores coached uh, Herbert in the, in the senior bowl. He wanted Herbert. That's what he wanted, and he didn't want. I mean, Joe Burrow obviously was it. Uh, you know, he, I, I thought he was the best quarterback in the class. But Herbert wasn't too far behind. But the GM, his career, he wanted Tua. And he was he sold Steve Ross to him. So, on one hand, he's like, look, I don't need to take we, we, We'll be fine. We're going to play hard and let the chips fall where they fall. And when, when it, they ended up falling, they were like, okay, we can get really who I think is the best quarterback, you know, Gifted wise, busy in the draft, and, and, and Justin Herbert, we're fine. Oh, we're still not going to do that. We're going to get to, uh, and then now you're asking me, you, you asked me to tank, and then now you're asking me to coach the quarterback that I didn't. Well, here we go. Let me go ahead and let, let, let's go after Deshaun Watson. And then they didn't want to go after Deshaun. And, and, and there was a whole bunch of stuff where they just butted heads. They just kept butting heads. And so you understood the frustration on Brian Flores' part. Because he, he, to me, he was the smartest guy in the room when it comes to football, and he was the last one that was being listened to. Exactly, exactly, and, and, and under previously the tutelage of Mr. Bill Belichick, so you know he's not a um, not an unenlightened dude, man. But yeah, we definitely don't. Gonna... Wonder where Bill is on this too, because his text that, and, and here's part of some of the stuff that's been coming out. They're saying that. It's Bill, and I know you got to run, buddy, but I just want to chime in on this part. Sure. They're saying that Bill went behind closed doors, behind the scene, and from a 
and, and was pushing for David, uh, 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 David. And when he sent that text, he accidentally sent it to Flores. But he was pushing for David. Oh and, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he said it perfectly on the. He also pushed for Joe Judge behind the scenes. Oh yeah, because you know he came from New England, so you know it's definitely, and we all know the relationship between you know uh, Bill Belichick and the New York Giants. I mean, to me, his response to Brian Flores, the first three words was just priceless. I f this up. Yeah, Bill, you did. <laughs> you definitely did, Bill. Woo, boy. But we definitely gonna dig into this a little bit more, man. I definitely want to get to take on it, man. We on Five Sports Podcast. Definitely appreciate you falling through, man. Definitely gonna connect, gang, on the Super Bowl and all activities in the NFL moving forward, man. So we appreciate it, brother. All right, man. Thanks for having me, bro. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Coming up, my conversation with my NBA correspondent, Shad, as we talk about the National Basketball Association. We on Five Sports Podcast. on five sports podcast man man the nba man we at the all-star game man it just appears that just around you know just a minute ago man we was doing the season preview here on we on five sports podcast but man we've gotten into the all-star or close to the all-star break and you know you know i had to bring the back through my partner in crime and my nba correspondent shot in the building what's going on sir Man, man, it's been a hot, hot little minute, man. But I had to get your take across the NBA, man. Is we got the All Stars out here, man. I believe the reserves are going to be uh, put out there. Uh, I believe it's actually going to be tonight, actually, that the reserves get the uh, get put on into the NBA as far as the All Star game is concerned. And man, what you what, what's your th- what's your thoughts, man, across across the league, man? The All Star game, you know. Man. Yeah, man, it's definitely a situation where, uh, you know, I was surprised. I mean, he's having a good season. Don't, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. He's definitely having a good season. I mean, averaging 18 points a game. You know, he's at a point now to where he's definitely got, you know, acquainted with how the Warriors get out and do business. And so, first and foremost, I'm happy for him, you know, in the sense of, you know, a lot of people, he's the first pick in the draft for the Minnesota Timberwolves. A lot of people thought he's going to be a franchise guy. You know, it was obvious he's not a franchise guy, but he's a good, you know, third piece, fourth piece type of guy. And I agree with you. I don't think that I would have voted him on as a starter. 
you know, I would have considered him as a reserve, you know, just to get in. But as a star, but that's the power of the fan vote, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought they had did something where they, uh, where they mixed it a little bit. But now I guess it is just a full fan vote. I thought nah. they changed well, no, they did. No, they did change it. They did change it. How it is now? The scale on it is now is uh, is fifty percent fan vote. Then you have, uh, believe you got like twenty five percent player vote and like twenty five percent like coach vote or something like that. But the fan vote is worth fifty percent. It's only oh, yeah. worth half. Congratulations to him too. I, I'm happy for him too because he came a long way, especially in my book. You know how I felt about him from the start. So he came a long way in my book because I, I, I mess with him now. I, and he do, he do deserve an all-star. Nah, though. So he's playing real good. Yeah, man. So it's, um, you know, happy, you know, happy for him, man. You know, the Warriors, they trying to, you know, get their uh, feet underneath them. You know, they chasing the Phoenix Suns, you know, that's currently in the number one seed out in the Western Conference. But, you know, one team, man, we got to circle back on, man. That's, you know, at the number one seed, man, we was the talk of the league. You know, dropped four in a row. You know, got some injuries. <laughs> they picked up the pieces. Currently, the Chicago Bulls are back in the first position in the Eastern Conference. What's your thoughts on the Bulls, man? Uh, I'm watching them now. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it, man. They don't get no better for a person like me. Well, person like you know, you know, growing up out here, you know, being a, a true fan, you don't get no better with them. And then them winning, you you call something earlier too. I gotta bring that back. That that I L the sumo man. <laughs> and I remember you said he 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 made Kobe look kind of, uh, tradable, and I was like, I don't know, but now, oh man. Well, well, you know, he's playing uh, mature basketball. I mean, that's the best way to kind of put it. You know, when you watch him play, you wouldn't think this guy's a rookie. I mean, it's just simple as that. I think part of that is, too, and something that's missed, you know, by the draft pundits and, you know, everybody. Oh, potential. We got great potential and all of this and all of that. But you're talking about a guy that played three years in the Big Ten. You know, I mean, it was the man on his team. I mean, they rolled the ball out to him as soon as he, you know, touched down on Green Street down in Champagne. Shout out to uh, Champagne, by the way. And, um, you know, I think he, you know, you can see it in his game. He plays with a maturity. He's always been an even kill guy. You know, he kind of has the, to me, it's kind of the demeanor of like a Derrick Rose, where he doesn't get too high, he don't get too low. And that has helped him out tremendously in his professional career. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him, man. He's playing some real mature basketball, facilitating the ball. You know, he's not scared to shoot, but this guy's passing ability is definitely is coming through first and foremost. Yeah, man, that man shoots 55% from the field <laughs> as a guard. That's like, man, so, yeah, and his passing skills, yeah, he just put himself directly into the point. That's what he was from the start. That's what, uh, uh shout out to, uh, Oh, oh, yeah, Nick Irvin and company. Yeah, Nick Irvin. Nick Irvin called him when he was, you know, as a sophomore. He's like, man, you just ain't going to be an NBA player. Like, he's, well, he's the best point guard in the country back then. People didn't know nothing about him. And, and that's what he is. He's a, he's a natural boy. 
Yeah, man, and the Bulls have been, you know, resilient. You know, we've had some injuries. We currently got Lonzo Ball out. You know, shout out to him. Hope he gets back on the court more sooner than later. You know, we got uh, Alex Caruso currently out with a wrist injury. Um, you know, that's a whole nother story. That just in itself. Um, so we have a couple, you know, a couple injuries and a couple key guys that we're definitely going to need, especially making that playoff push. But another credit I want to give is to Billy Donovan. You know, he's been a, he's been a straight shooter with his ball club. You know, even when the Bulls was winning, you know, he he saw some of the deficiencies in the, in the, in the team. And it's funny, as soon as he came back from COVID, you know, that's when they, they dropped, you know, uh, went on that little losing streak. But it was all due to the reasons that Billy Donovan said while they was winning. Like, hey, these are concern areas, especially defensively. And boy, was he right. And there's something that they're still, they're still kind of trying to, you know, get their feet underneath them defensively. But if you miss Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball, that plays a huge piece in that also, though. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So... We'll see, man. If the Bulls can definitely hold down that number one seed, man, for the rest of the season. It's definitely gonna be a, a push, a push to the end. But we'll see how that goes. Man, man, once again, man, thanks for listening to episode number thirty. We on Five Sports Podcast. First and foremost, man, I want to thank. My correspondents coming through, man. Steve, my man Shot coming through, falling through. Great analysis, man. Great convo across the sporting landscape. Appreciate y'all, brothers. Man, I want to thank y'all for listening, man. I really appreciate it, man. We've been trying to get this show on and popping, man, from the get-go, man. This is episode number 30, man. So we've been building a lot of hard work, man. We appreciate everybody taking their time out to listen. Also, too, man, we got into this episode, man, about the whole Brian Flores situation across the National Football League. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all was wondering as well, man. We ain't get into the Super Bowl situation too hard, man. But we're going to kick that off in our next episode, man, the official preview of the Super Bowl. So be looking out for that. Joe Burrow and company taking on Los Angeles Rams, the Bengals and the Rams. Matt Staff and the company played out in SoFi. So... We're going to get into that, man, but this episode was a banger, man. We got into the NBA, man. We chopped it up with Shad, man. Talked about the Bulls and the all-star situation. Young uh, young Wiggins, man, getting the start out there in the Western Conference. So, man, I appreciate you once again, y'all listening, man. We on fire. Sports Podcast.